As promised, a conversation about not wearing wedding rings and what country star is now 4-0 with girls. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Don and I'm Caddy's wife. We like to give updates around here. Don't want to leave the people hanging. So I did some investigation, investigating about my, um, what I was calling an acai bowl. And actually Carl corrected me and he was right as usual. It is an acai bowl. That's the official name of it. And if you recall from a pod before I was talking about how everything, it seems like everything I'm eating now lives in a bowl whether it's from you know anywhere i'm everything's in a bowl cereal cereal well just everything that i'm eating um you know like even if you go and you you go to like um, a mexican restaurant and you want like uh, a burrito or whatever they're like do you want it in a bowl so it's not like in a wrap and it doesn't have as many calories or whatever so they say anyway so i did some investigating on the acai bowl and the reason they're so expensive, because we were talking about the fact that this bowl can add up to like $15, 20 mm. It's because of what an acai is. I kept asking, like I was saying to Carl, is it yogurt? And it's not because the base looks like yogurt and it's kind of, it has a purplish um, blue kind Phew. of hue. Yeah. And so actually it is a dark purple blueberry that is found on the acai palms in South American rainforest. They're foraging these berries out of the rainforest. So they've got to harvest them. They've got to process them. They've got to ship them. And here's the thing. People say, why can't you make one at home? You have to freeze these berries. And then you have to mash them up to get them to the yogurty consistency that you want for your base. And then you have to add all the stuff in. But now someone, a pod listener, I can't remember who it was, alerted me to the fact that Dole, and I don't know if they have them in our grocery stores, but Dole makes acai bowls that you can buy um, like at Publix and Kroger and they don't have all the ingredients but you could add in like peanut butter stuff like that they had they do have like granola and bananas and she said she didn't think they were ridiculously expensive I don't know how that's possible though because if they've got to harvest these little berries so now I'm kind of like I don't know how to explain it like am I taking something that's like do the little berries want to stay in the forest is yeah. that what you're saying yeah. like am I harvesting something that is sort of um like scarce is that why it's so expensive uh maybe that but how about shipping yeah alone yeah a little berry to the states from where south africa south, south america, america. Mm-hmm. but evidently like over in thailand and everywhere there are kiosks and kiosk and places where that's like that is they have them everywhere and they're amazing like they have all kinds of different like flavors and salty and sweet so because the berries don't have to travel as far but I don't know. I may have to end this obsession. Number well, one for my wallet and number right, two for wallet. the health of the berries. I'm not worried as much about the health of the berries as I am our wallets. Now, maybe you could look into the grocery store thing. And yes. if you wanted to add some things to it. Yeah. You know, have yeah. like a, a Sunday bar. An acai bar. Yeah. Where you have some peanut butter. I don't know what you add. Okay. You know what? Mm-hmm. That could go along with my little air idea. Mm. Which, by the way, Keith Rockdale Bone. Uh, reached out to me, and he is willing to invest. He wants to start them tomorrow. The air on the side of cautions. Yep. Which is where you, just for those maybe that missed that podcast, is where you, it's like a subscription club. Mm-hmm. You play a flat fee, and you can. Get free air. As much as you like. Okay. 
which you yep. can get a quick trip for free right now if you wanted. And you wouldn't have no, to join. It's not free a quick trip anymore. They have like little things and you have to put your credit card in and they charge you for what is free. So what we're doing is we're offering a subscription service so you can air up as much as you want. All right. But let me back up. Please. So we could have the Isai bar. Uh-huh. That could be a restaurant. Think about that. Carl's in. And you like, you have all these different toppings. And so you start, oh my gosh, this mm. is perfect. Instead of like Froyo, you have I see, I see, I see you. Get it? I see you. I like that. And then you come in and you get your base and it's 12 bucks for your base. And then you add all your toppings on and we weigh it. It's one price for the base and then we weigh the toppings. Okay. I'm, I'm not near high enough for all this. I have just created a new business. Literally all in right. 10 minutes. I guarantee there's one in California. We had a conversation that we jumped to this episode of My Second Act because we ran out of time. And the conversation is about wedding rings. All right. I don't wear wedding ring. Uh, You recall from the conversation, I had two and I lost them both. Yes. And it was at that point I kind of said, you know what? Maybe this isn't meant to be. It's just not meant to be. I've never worn jewelry either. I don't wear a watch. I don't wear a chain. My ears, my nose, I have nothing pierced. Um, and that is true because we have bought you, we being the family, probably three or four nice watches. And through the years you've worn them and you haven't worn them. One of them got stolen in London. I mean, there's just, we, you've had some nice watches, but it's just not your thing. And I stopped getting them because I thought this is just, this is not his thing. Uh, here's my thinking on the whole thing. And for some reason, people automatically jump to infidelity. And cheating when 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 you have a conversation about not wearing wedding rings. Here's my thinking about that. Is a ring like a superhero barrier for for infidelity and for cheating? I think not. You know, I I, I believe that if you go out, there are women, and it could go either way here. But but from the man's perspective, there are women that would seek out a man not wearing a wedding ring, and I think that there are probably women that would seek out a man wearing a wedding ring because it's almost like a, um, a challenge. And that goes both ways. I think that it could be said for the women do the same thing to men, but I don't think that a ring is the one and only representation of your love and, and, and your marriage. And, um, hello. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm here. I agree. I, I, I don't think that it's proof of marriage or proof of love. No, I agree proof with that. Of I think, or I think a magic the, force field that stops people from, from hitting on you in public. No, but people would say, well, I didn't know you weren't married. I thought you were single because you didn't have a ring on. Like if you were out somewhere with a group okay, of people. Then you, you just say, no, I'm happily married. Thank you. Thank you. Then. Move keep, along. Keep moving. Move I'll down take to, your drink, but move along. Yeah. Move down to Fred at the end of the bar. Here's my thing. When, when we first got married, it meant a lot. Because it was like, oh, you know, it was this out, I don't, I don't know, it was like a symbol and it had traveled from our wedding to home. But the longer you're married, you do realize that that's just an outward symbol. I mean, it, it's really just a symbol. It's no, an artifact. No more than we would pull out our um, wedding papers and have them displayed somewhere. It's really about the commitment. And, and the ups and downs and the struggles and the bad days. Forget the good days. The good days are easy to stay married. But the bad days. And you if you just got married, you're going to have a lot of them. If you've been married for 20 years, you're going to have more of them. So for me, that's what it's about. I don't, it's never bothered me. Like, I, I don't know that I've ever had anybody ask me, like, does it bother you or whatever? And because I, um, 
I open boxes and I'm doing stuff, I only wear my um, band now because I've had my ring fall into boxes before. And like I'm opening stuff and I'll look down. I'm like, oh my gosh, where's my ring? So for me, it's not, I don't think it's like that Beyonce song, which we have on our um, Spotify playlist, like ring off. Like when you take your ring off, that's it. And you fling it into the ocean or something. You know, it's not that type of statement. It's more for the job you're doing, convenience, whether you wear jewelry or not, or how you feel about it. So, And I think the job conversation is relevant to so many people who work, who are a tradesman, who work in, uh, you know, whether you're an electrician or um, I know policemen that don't wear wedding rings because it, it can, can get in the way, you yeah. know. Um, you also, if you are a law enforcement officer, you maybe don't necessarily want someone to know that you're arresting or that you have uh, taken down that there is someone very special in your life, like uh, a spouse that they could potentially go after. No, I agree. I think it's more other people. You know, if, if you're looking, your own business, yeah, well, again, mow your own grass, but it's people who, if you see someone out or you see a picture of someone, oh, they don't have their wedding room. What's what's going on? It must be trouble in paradise. Da, da, da. You know, mind your grass. Don't worry about it. Stay out of my panties. Your drawers. Isn't that who was it? Portia. Portia from uh, part three of the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion that aired Sunday. Told someone to stay out of her yeah. drawers. Well, she said panties. No, she said drawers. Well, she said drawers after she said panties. Okay. Stay out of my panties. I like drawers better. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, I agree. Mind your own grass. And, and don't take things so literally because that's great. If that, if it, and, and I, I don't take that away from anyone else either. If that is so really, really, really important to you, you know, then that's fine too. But that's important to you. Don't put your viewpoints on other people. You know, oh, must be problems there. Where, we, we, where are we going? Or not even just us, anyone. If you've been married for a long time, you're going to figure it out. You're either going to saunter off into the moonlight or you're going to be Bill and Melinda Gates. So it's only two paths, my friends. Let's go there for a moment. The Bill and Melinda Gates divorce story continues to grow a little bit. Um, the story now is that Melinda Gates began to consult divorce attorneys back in 2019. And the reason why is because of Bill Gates. Uh, uh, the, the, allegedly, the reason why is because of Bill Gates' uh, relationship or connection to Epstein. Now, for those that don't know who he is, Donna, give us a quick plinko. He's just a dirty old mule. There you go. That's not said. Not said. He's just a, an alleged dirty old mule. No, I think we can remove alleged from him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Do your research on him. He's a shady cat. But Bill was supposedly had had run in circles with him. I think prior to all of this coming out about him, because he was seeking financial support for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um which depending again on which side of the road you walk on either does great work for people or is involved in like seriously dirty QAnon theory. So again, it depends on which side of the road you're on. Um, but I think originally he was seeking out benefactor support for the foundation. And then I don't know what happened from there. I guess maybe when the story came out again, we're not, we're not in their lives, but maybe Melinda thought that he was too close to the fire or that was going to be a problem. And, you know, for their foundation and the work they're doing that I could see, I see both sides. I mean, it could be her saying this is a, a PR nightmare, whether you're involved in anything shady on the old island. It's optics. It's optics. Yeah. And, and him saying, because he's so literal 
Like if he wasn't involved in anything like that, I could see him being like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just trying to get money for the foundation. So I don't know, you know, who knows what goes on, but it, it does. We were talking before we started recording and Carl was saying, we were all kind of talking about it. It's so true. It, people who run in those kind of circles. And again, we're not talking about people who are members of the Ansley country club here, or, you know, a member of your local golf club. We're talking about the one, 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 one percenters of the world. They run in different circles than you and I could ever even imagine. I'm not talking about the fact that that makes any, you know, corrupt behavior okay. Just because you have money and power, it doesn't mean you get to be a seedy, dirty, horrible person. But there's just so many things that we can't even imagine in our realm. You know, and Olivia, our 17-year-old, will get going down a road where me and you are, or you and I are just like, what are you talking about? Because she's on these theories about, you know, the Rockefellers and the gates of the world and all this. And I don't know whether there's truth or not, because I choose to live in blissful denial in my life for the most part, <laughs> where I'm just like, you know, everything's clowns and balloons until I find <laughs> otherwise. But I mean, it, it's very interesting when you start looking at highly wealthy families and Involvement they, and, and just things. who they run with and decisions they make and why they make them. Olivia told us at dinner the other night that, that uh, it was Bill Gates that started the coronavirus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. you and I just look at one another. What? But but you also don't want to be dismissive. I know. Because she's a very independent free thinker. All of our kids are. And we love that about yeah. all three of them. Yeah. And then she proceeded to go on for 45 minutes and almost had me convinced at the end of it. I had, I had to check out. Yeah. That's what Netflix and documentaries does to you children when you watch too many of them. Saturday night, we rolled around in the bed and moaned and groaned and massaged one another. After that sounds so, huh, does it? That, I'm that's sorry. Like I'm sorry. We'll, we'll redo the intro. Uh, after an unsold, uncorked show Saturday night, uh, this is a concert series that Donna and I and our uh, business partner, Jody Jackson, started last fall during the pandemic, when we knew that there was a uh, a need for live music, which is therapeutic, which brings in community, and you're able to enjoy time with your family and friends and neighbors and people like that. So uh, Saturday night was our fourth uncorked show at uh, Painted Horse Winery and Vineyards, which is a beautiful 28-acre uh, winery and vineyard here in Milton, Georgia, which is about 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta. And it's been humorous to the both of us people who who have seen our involvement and just assumed that like i'm there the host of the show or um yeah we roll up at the gate at six o'clock and i don't mean that don't please don't take this the wrong way like in our past life we would have gone to dinner ubered over to the venue gotten there about 6 30 gotten our passes <laughs> rolled in not had to stand in line. I mean, and, and this is the truth. I mean, just because of the work you did, it wasn't because we were entitled, um, you know, and then we're in before everybody else came through the gate, um, you know. But that's not the case with this. No. We are actually the people that book the concerts and promote the concerts and are there for the entire concert day, uh, making sure that load-in is done and the chairs and tables are around the pool for the VIP sponsors and, and, and just uh, – this that there's a, beer on ice. Yes, that. And <laughs> the green room for the artists has everything that they want. And the writers are taking care of the concert writers are things where your artist or your act uh, 
list the things that they want in their green room. And for Saturday night, it was very simple. Um, it was uh, pretzels, Doritos, and beer. And mm-hmm. I said, done. Yeah, no that's no easy. problem at all. Yeah, that's easy. And some wine, too, since we're at a winery. But this is a um, this is a business that we have now. Yes. And it's um, there's a lot of involvement. And in and, and radio, terrestrial radio, for 25 years, I was kind of on the other side of the concert business looking in, as you just said. You know, I was the guy that would roll up at 630 and host the concert and welcome you out and say, ladies and gentlemen, here's Dirk Bentley. You know, welcome to town or whatever. And then go drink. Uh, that, Yes. <laughs> But on this side, you have a checklist, and it, it, it's it's weeks of preparation for each show, and we do them monthly. Well, it's a long day. Let me tell you something. Very. It is a long physical day, and by the time we get home at eleven o'clock, eleven thirty Saturday night, I mean, as we sit here today, three days later, I'm beat. I mean, yeah. my 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 feet are throbbing, my ankles are sore, my back is not where it was Friday before the show. Um, Okay, I'm fine, just for the record. I mean, I don't... Okay, but you weren't Saturday night because we literally laid in bed and we're just well, like... I was oh. tired. I was tired, but I mean, <sighs> I recovered fine. You, you, you tend it to... It takes me about three, it, four days. Yeah, it's... Because it, I'm not as young. You're yeah, a man. On. You're a man. That's... Okay, but that's, yeah. not, that make, that's not fair at all. Okay. Well, just like, okay, for the gates, I was telling you, like, if you show up to a Maris Bank Amphitheater and it says the gates open at six o'clock, there is not a chance in heck that they're going to open the gates early and go, come on in, you're here, you know, (laughs) let's just let you in. And I have to deal with that all the time because we have um, a different ticket where if you purchase that, you can have a wine tasting, you can meet the artist and you can put your, because you're bringing in chairs and blankets and you can put them down earlier. And those people come in the gates first. And we're very clear that the gates for the general admission open 30 minutes later. People still show up. Thinking. Yes. That you can come on in. And they get they challenge you because I think we're smaller. Again, we're a smaller venue. And they just they ha- a couple of them heckled me. And I was like, listen, you know, these people purchase this ticket so that they can, you know, have all of the benefits that come with it, which include getting a place, you know, a, a spot on the lawn first. And they're just, I mean, you know, it's made me realize, and I hope I was never this way. I I was, Don, I know where you're going, and I have thought the same thing. And I tried when you were involved in radio, even with our kids, you know, we would always get, I mean, we could get tickets for anything. The circus, the motocross, um, as we've talked about before, when we were owned by Disney, Disney cruises and trips and, you know, fast passes and I've always had, I had people at that time saying, you know, your kids have no idea how lucky they are. Wait until they grow up and their boyfriend takes them and they have to sit on the lawn. And I would always say the same thing. I make sure they know this is not forever and that to be very thankful. You know, we always, if someone gave us tickets, we had our kids write thank you notes to them. If, if it was something that we had specifically asked for, which was very rare, maybe I don't even think we asked for them to meet Taylor Swift. They just did. But we wrote a thank you note to the label person afterwards. Um, Because I never wanted my kids to feel like every time they rolled up somewhere, they're going to be at the front of the line. They don't have to wait. They don't, you know, it's not the case. And I hope I was never entitled. I don't think I was. I'm not that kind of person. I didn't expect it. You know, and there were plenty of times when there were meet and greets for artists where you and I wouldn't go, you know, because maybe we would give our passes. Um, I, I remember doing that for um, someone we saw in the pit for, I can't even remember who it was. And we were standing there and we saw them and we said, take our passes. Um, and it was one of Olivia's old softball coaches who just happened to be sitting 
out there and came over to where we were kind of in the gate area. You know, we were down in the front of the stage and was like, hey. And we were like, you know, take our passes. Go meet the. We met them. And they didn't even ask. No. But we so, offered. So, I mean, I think and, and that's what I try like when I see people who it's one thing. It's not a problem to ask things. But when you feel like you're entitled to things, that's a problem. So being on the other side of the concert business now, it is interesting to me because I look at people now at a concert and I say to myself, I hope I wasn't like that. Well, you were. Yeah, okay. we were. Well, can I finish? You don't even know what I'm going to say. Oh, I do. I hope that I wasn't that person. And that person is normally falling down. Mm -hmm. They cannot put a sentence together, mm -hmm. but they have a question. Mm -hmm. And we all have uh, shirts. There's probably a staff and the production staff for Jody, you, yourself and I, uh, is probably five. And then there are probably 15 employees of the winery and everybody has on event staff shirts so that if you have questions or concerns, you can come up to anybody and ask questions. And they'll do that. And the number of people that come up, you can see them coming. You can see it in their eyes when they come up and are just, they're, they're, they're sideways walking mm -hmm. up to you. And, and some of the questions are just, mind-boggling Saturday here, here's some things that happened Saturday night it was a sold-out concert with uh it was a tribute band the Van Morrison experience uh had two backup singers driven from Augusta had a cello on stage for the Van Morrison experience and then one two three there may be seven on stage I think mm -hmm. including Lloyd Buchanan flag that name mark that name because we're gonna have uh, there's a story about Lloyd that we're gonna share in just a second how he showed up he's with the Alabama Shakes so someone let uh, painted horse is also a working farm. Someone let all the animals, the farm animals, out of their cages, not cages, but out of their stalls. Uh, all Saturday night. So suddenly you look down and there's Daisy the cow, fig and olive, heading sheep. towards heading towards Bethany Way, and then there's the, the the sheep and then the donkeys and and there are all these farm animals. Who lets farm animals out of their stalls at ten thirty at night? But what even that late? How yeah. we were home? I mean. We're done by 10, and that, that's what we do for the neighbors around the, 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 the winery. We could technically run to 11. We don't do that, though, because we want to what, Donna? We want to be a good neighbor. Yes, we, we do. We want to be a good neighbor to the neighbors. Yeah, someone let them all out. I think I knew who it was because I think I, I encountered her in the bathroom. Line. So we have an uncorked uh, group text that everybody's on. And so, like, I don't know, it's maybe 8.30 or 9 o'clock. There's a text that comes in that says all the animals are out of their stalls. <laughs> or, or the animals are running loose on the farm. And so everybody had to, some had to drop what they were doing and go gather up the animals. And, and and lead them back to the barn. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I've had people say to me, oh, sit down and have a drink. I'm like, I can't. Because you're there. working. I was helping pop, and pop beer, cans of beer I'm like <laughs> at the front gate. But you know what? It's good. It's a very mom and pop or organization. But I think anytime you have the opportunity to see the other side of something, you know, it's like that undercover boss. Like if you manage... You know, say you manage 14 Zaxby's restaurants, it probably would serve you well one day to go work in one. You know, because you just figure out things that you don't see as a participant. So. And there, there's not a show that we haven't done since November where I did not think of Holly Clawson. And let me tell you who Holly is. Holly has, has been a very dear friend. And uh, Holly is, uh, she basically runs Ameris Bank Amphitheater in Alpharetta, Georgia which used to be Verizon, and, and they have tons of huge tours. Through Live outside, Nation. Outside, right, but she works, yeah, Live Nation is the promoter and the owner of the venue. But pre-pandemic, you know, the Ameris Bank Amphitheater would have some of the biggest shows routed through their, their, their venue. And I think of Holly at every single concert that we do because I, I, we do one a month, 
Yeah. And, and Holly at Ameris Bank probably, you know, in prime time, pre-pandemic, probably did three a week. Yeah. Wasn't necessarily there for all of them. Um, but I think of Holly because I just can't think, Donna, of the crazy questions oh. and situations. And and the lawn. Yeah. The things that go yeah. on. and the, Yeah. Because I go back, Jody and I go the day after an uncorked show just to check the winery and make sure everything's picked up and cleaned up and the tables and the chairs have been moved. And, and because they open back up Sunday afternoon, you know, for business. Lloyd Buchanan. I want to tell you a story about Lloyd Friday, 24 hours before the show, Jody Jackson, our partner gets a call from Greg, who is Van Morrison in the Van Morrison tribute based in Nashville. And Greg proceeds to tell Jody that the keyboardist, for the Van Morrison Experience tribute band, has had a family emergency and he can't make it, so they're going to do without a keyboardist. Well, if you know Van Morrison's music and from past pods, you know that I don't know it all that well. But um, you need a keyboard. The keyboard is 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 an integral part of of many of their songs, so we had to find a keyboardist. Jody's calling around. Jody handles most of the artists. You know, we all three vote on and 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 give names and ideas for the entire concert season. But Jody's the one technically that books the acts and deals with the artists and their managers and things like that. So Jody's trying to find a keyboard player. He can't, he's calling like three people again. We're in, inside a day. You play the piano to this concert. Did we think <sighs> about you? No, we didn't. Oh. And I, that, 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 that would not have been a good thing. Okay. I'm popping beers too, Donna. I got things to do. I can't jump up on the keyboard. I can't be everywhere, Donna. Okay. Okay. So, um, Jody had met Lloyd at, you know, a year or two ago somewhere. And he texts Lloyd at 11 o'clock Saturday morning, day of show. And Lloyd is in Columbus, Georgia, at his grandfather's house. And Jody says, we need a keyboardist. Can you come up and fill in and play? And Lloyd says, I'm on my way. Can you imagine? He gets in his car and drives from Columbus, Georgia, to Milton, Georgia, 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta, having never met a single guy or girl that's a part of the Van Morrison experience. Never met him, never played with him. So on the way up here, well, Jody gets reaches out to Greg and says, "What's your what's your what are your chords in your set list for the show?" And he then Jody sends that to Lloyd so that on the way from Columbus to Milton, he can listen to all of the songs that he's going to be a part of that night on hmm. stage, and kind of. But true musicians and Lloyd is one of those. I mean, true musicians they can fill in like that and it, not miss a beat. Oh, and yeah. he did not miss a beat. It no, was it was an awesome show. But let me tell you, if I had gotten that call. I mean, it's Saturday. I'm at my grandmother or my grandfather's house, probably just laying on the couch watching some golf. And if I got that call, I'd be like, eh. But I think musicians, Donna, have so missed doing what they love oh, to I do because of the pandemic. And they will do, yeah. they'll pick up any gig right now just to be a part of music yeah. and be a part of a concert and, and, and celebration of music because it is therapeutic. Yeah, it is. It was a great night. Hopefully we'll be able to continue. Here's hoping, but thank you for coming out if you did. And uh, we hope that we'll see you soon. Let's give you some time back. Around dinner time, it is easy to do when you go to dinneraffair.com, select your meals that you would like to prepare for the month. Month uh, Menu changes every single month. There are 15 new dinners every month at dinneraffair.com. You pick your package based on the number of people that are in your family and, and how big of eaters they are. And then you just fill in the, 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 the order and then they deliver it straight to your home. Contactless delivery in Atlanta. They also ship nationwide. Dinneraffair.com. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. Yeah, and we have, we just got our delivery. So we have all our little babies, 
That's what we call them, our little meals in our freezer. And I have to tell you, it makes me feel better even today. To, this has been, last week was a really hectic week and everybody has them, whether, you know, and we're coming up on probably one of the busiest seasons with graduations of kids any age, you know, end of year parties and all this stuff. You just don't have time to think about dinner. And what's so great is I, I know that I've got that part of my day is okay. It's good. So as you launch into summer, everybody has a tendency to just, you know, wing it and we're going to eat out and you spend a ton of money. It's a great time if you have not started dinner fair to give it a try here in the summer because most of the activities that your kids have been doing are going to kind of be halted and you're going to need dinners. You're going to need a lot of dinners because they're going to be eating a lot of meals at home. Every ingredient that you need for each individual dinner fair meal comes in its own Ziploc baggie, already prepped, already chopped, already sliced. Uh, kids love the dinner fair keeps all the spicy sauces the onions and other ingredients that, that maybe the kids don't care for separate for your pickiest eaters in two to three steps you get dinner on the table 100 guaranteed there is no contract and you can save 30 dollars off your first order at dinner affair enter the promo code caddy 2021 c-a-d-d-y 2021 at checkout dinneraffair.com we have a small ask of you three things do when you can, but please do them. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up on the podcast. Number two, invite and encourage three people in your circle to enjoy the podcast and listen to the end of each episode for uh, outtakes and notes of executive producer Carl Appen. And number three, show our sponsors from Love Gallery Furniture, Gainesville, DinnerAffair.com, the Jackson Brubaker Law Firm. Hype song on the way here. Ah, mine was from Jake Owen. We don't have any Jake Owen on our um, playlist. Um, and the song's Anywhere With You, and it's from Barefoot. Blue Jean Knight. I love that song. Did you know uh, a couple things about Jake Owen that you were telling me you knew? I didn't know this. He was set to be a professional golfer. Mm -hmm. And then he had a weightboarding accident mm -hmm. and then started his career in country music. He has uh, Pearl, his first daughter, and Paris, his second daughter. But here's the funniest thing about Jake Owen that just happened. So do you remember when Tiger and Phil Mickelson had that showdown challenge thing? So he ran in to Phil Mickelson, he being Jake Owen somewhere and told him that he wanted his twenty nine ninety nine back because he thought that the whole thing he was at he was at Jordan Spieth's wedding who's a professional golfer <coughs> excuse me and he ran into Phil Mickelson and said I want my twenty nine ninety nine back and Phil went off on him and started pulling out all this money these hundred dollar bills and throwing them at Jake Owen he said here's your money I'm so loaded take your damn money back and he was like really mean to him. And everybody was questioning whether it really happened. And um, Phil Mickelson said on Twitter, that's a true story. He said, I don't even know who this asshole was asking me for his money back. But he just started throwing $100 bills at him? <laughs> yep. Can we get you something? I've got it. All right. We'll add your song to the Donna and Caddy or Donna. Yeah, Donna and Caddy. Yes. Spotify hype song playlist. Mm -hmm. How about you? GNR. Oh. Paradise City. Okay. I've been on this uh, GNR kick lately. I don't know why. You know how sometimes you just find music that you hadn't listened to in a long, long time and you you reconnect. GNR. I graduated high school in '91. Mm. When did you graduate high school? Uh, let's just move on. And Appetite for Destruction was the album, and everybody had it, and every everybody listened to it on cassette tape. So now I have uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I started just, I mean, Mr. Brownstone and so good. Great songs on Appetite for Destruction. I told you my Guns N' Roses story where I rode a school bus yes. with 96 Rock mm -hmm. to Alabama to see them. And you came back with only one shoe. One shoe and, um, yeah. Hair in a mess. Yeah, like well, a they nest. were late. I mean, Axel was late. It was a Who's Axel? Axel Rose. Oh. 
Yeah, he was late. He didn't come on. And like Skid Row opened for him. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan. We are classified by Apple Podcasts as a music podcast, although we can't play music during the podcast. Or we would play you a hook of Anywhere With You from Jake Owen and maybe even Paradise City from Guns N' Roses, but we can't. However, we need to talk music so that we can keep our uh, accreditation, I guess. Really? Okay. Not really, but we'll just say that. All right. Thomas and Laura. Lauren. Lauren. uh, Thomas Rhett. They are now expecting their fourth child. And it's another girl. So cute. Four and O for Thomas. So he announced it from the stage at Billy Bob's. I guess she, you know, they've known and they obviously and they didn't know when they were gonna let the um proverbial cat out of the bag, but she told him he could announce it. Very sweet. I think it was on Mother's Day. They have always said um that they want a huge family. She has said from day one that five, six that they may adopt later, that they may and you know what? If you've got uh if you've got the bandwidth to do it, good for you. What would the bandwidth include? What would you need in your bandwidth? Money. Money and time. Let's talk Coldplay. They're dropping a project, or maybe it's already dropped. We talk a lot on the podcast about Street Week, and Street Week is when an artist drops a new album and all of the stuff they do to promote it, the press, the TV shows, the uh, online appearances and things like that. Coldplay, and, and also this, how... Artists will sit on a story that's sometimes very personal, very salacious for a street week and then let it out because they just want clicks. Uh, it's almost like clickbait, to be honest with you. Well, and they can and attach their crazy. new project to that. Yes, because they're going to get a hit. Oh, and by the way. It's a new project for Coldplay. Yeah. So, so you're seeing a lot of stuff about Chris Martin come out. Something that really kind of got me, excuse me, uh, was American Idol on Sunday night, which was Mother's Day. American Idol, I think it was top seven at the time. They did the, the, the songs of Coldplay. And I asked you, I said, do you think that there was money exchanged from the producers of American Idol with someone in the Coldplay camp, whether it's the actual record label or the management, to get that kind of exposure on American Idol? Because I couldn't name you three Coldplay songs sitting here right now if I had to. Well, and I told you I could. I, I you know, 100%. Not, I don't know about on the money, but there's some kind of deal. There's a deal. Somewhere. Where? Because it's ABC, maybe GMA, Good Morning America, got the first Chris Martin sit-down interview. Or yep. I think that now it's become so large and these companies, these the media conglomerates have so many different avenues and places where you can go and become exposed yeah. that there's now these huge street week packages from networks. and um, yeah, Absolutely. And you just hit on a really important point. It's no different than what we as salespeople do. You know, you're going to get a digital component. You're going to get a print component. You're going to get a radio component. You're going to get a sponsorship. And it's the same with them. I'm sure when they sit down with these labels, you are absolutely right. You're going to, you know, be the mentor on Idol. They are a big band. I mean, they're probably of the scale of you two. I mean, Chris Martin, they just are. Maybe if it's not your thing, they are. You know, they're a very heady band. They're, I mean, they're, they have a lot of respect. So to get them on um, Idol is a big get as a mentor. But then they get to show off their catalog by having all these people sing it. And you're right. They probably will get the first sit down on GMA. And I will guarantee if they go back to doing concerts in Central Park, they'll be one. Of That's them. a part of the package. Yeah. And it's just kind of this big, you know, multimedia package that they're able to give someone and they say, this is what it's going to be. I don't know what that number is. Millions. But you know what I mean? And in return, you know, they get airplay. And not only do they get attention and airplay for the new project, Especially when it's someone like that, they get 
attention and airplay for their catalog, which is important. You know, because then people think of all the songs that people heard last night. There's people who, like you who don't even know Coldplay who are like, my God, that was well, a great I know song. Coldplay. I just, no, I know, but like who were introduced to their music last night. Or and, who and, said, and then went to iTunes yes. and downloaded songs from the catalog. Yeah. Which creates people, more money. The people that run labels are so smart, you know, and, and, and rightly so that they know you're not just trying to get a hit for the newest project. You're trying to bring the attention back up. And especially with a band maybe like Coldplay who's kind of been off the map for a while or whatever. So, yeah, there's always a reason. Always yeah, it, a reason. It, it was not irony or ironic that uh, the week that Coldplay's new album dropped, that they're the mentors and on American Idol and the, the, the top seven are performing songs from Coldplay. So there you have it, a little peek behind the music kimono. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. And we wanted to take a moment during the My Second Act podcast to speak to that and especially coming off of the pandemic. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me where people are, what they're thinking about the pandemic right now, being mid-May, we'll call it. Uh, you have been fully vaxxed. Uh, I have not been vaxxed at all. I've not been shot yet. And I think the reason that I keep putting it off is not health or not my concern for my health or your health, to be honest with you. It's that I don't want the pandemic to be over. I've enjoyed the pandemic. And I know that that sounds crazy, but it's, to me, it's been... It's been a really fun year. Oh gosh! <laughs> because I'm, I'm, and I know I'm not the only one that thinks this way. Not, There's only it, few of us. Not in terms of death and destruction. No, of but course yes. not. Yes, yes, of yes, course yes, not. Yes. But as far as listen, you get a little more grace on paying your bills. <laughs> you know, um, the traffic's not there. It's just life is easier. Everybody gets to stay Slower. home. You can, you know, you can. You, because during the pandemic, you could lay around in the house in your sweats all day. Yeah, okay? you weren't judged. And I do that every day. And yeah. so I thought to myself, I didn't feel as odd doing that during the pandemic because I knew that everybody was laying around in a, a ripped up t-shirt and, and flip-flops and, and some sweatpants during the pandemic. Well, and it, now it's kind of, it's going back to everybody's going back to work. And it's kind of like, well, no, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm still here on the couch in my sweats. Hang on. What's not, <laughs> well, it kind of gives you a green light to be over. a little lazy or slower with it's your life. Over. I agree. I think, you know, we talk, we have talked a lot on our podcast about mental health and taking the stigma off of it and checking in with people and finding out how they're doing. And, you know, we're a basket of, um, of, of things that we have in our life. And, you know, we've talked about them freely. I do not lightly say that I am, um, ADD. I am. And for a long time, I was not diagnosed as a child. And now looking back on it, there are so many things as an adult that make sense to me now. How I would hear teachers, almost like I used to joke about it, but it was almost like if you're familiar with the peanuts and you hear, yeah, that's how I heard it. How I am so tired every day at 4.30 in the afternoon to the point that I'm annoying how much I yawn and, and I'm just, I'm exhausted and feel like a truck has hit me. And when you really start to look into things for whatever, you know, condition you might have or whatever your challenge is that you're dealing with, when you really start to look into it, it makes you, it makes so much more sense to you. So instead of being embarrassed by it, and I think for me, there were so many people who would say, oh my gosh, I'm so ADD, I'm so ADD, and use it as a joke. For me, it's it's actually how my brain works. You know, I was reading something the other day, and it's so true, and I do this to you all the time, I'm like, what, huh? And your brain, when you have ADD, you don't hear people. Like, they can be close, like, like they, they, it sounds like they're so far away. And it's because while you're listening to them, your brain is working on something else. And people think you're being rude or you're not listening. 
but it's how your brain works. Interrupting people. is You do that if you have ADD because the words come into your brain and you just have to get them out because you're afraid if you don't, you'll forget a point or you'll forget something and you won't go back to it. How I harass you about, oh my gosh, your windows are down, your windows are down. There's some elements of it like on your car when it's raining. Mm -hmm. There's some elements of it that seem OCD-ish, but it's actually how your brain manifests things. And so I say this because I used to be, as an adult, to have ADD, a lot of times doctors and people poo-poo it. And they say, oh, you'll grow out of it. That's just something kids have. And it's not. And when it impacts how you work, how you function in life, um, losing your keys. I mean, how many times have I left my phone at home when you've had to bring it to the store? And I think the pandemic made things worse for some people who are dealing with mental health issues because I'm, instead of doing one job because of the pandemic, I started doing two or three jobs. And so it makes it even harder because I'm having to silo projects and jobs. And if you have depression, um, it, it was made worse through the pandemic. And if you have anxiety, I have generalized anxiety. Um, and, and a long time ago, I would have made a joke right now and inserted and said, I'm just a mess, aren't I? I'm not. I'm just a human. And you have dealt with depression. And I, I don't think it's anything to be embarrassed by. I think it is. And sometimes it's situational. And sometimes it's just how you are. It's just how you're wired. And so if you're dealing with any of these things, I think sometimes to speak it out loud to maybe a friend or a spouse or someone or a girlfriend or boyfriend will give you some of your power back. It feels a little less lonely. And, you know, speak it to someone who doesn't judge you, but who says, okay, thank you for telling me. Now let's figure out what we need to do, what steps we need to take, or, you know, how, how can we help you with this? As opposed to telling it to someone and saying, no, you're just sad. It's okay. It's okay, you know. Um, and I think sometimes with kids, you'll say, uh, you know, you have to be careful and not say, oh, you were just born that way. You've always been that way. You're just wired that way. Okay, well, if they're dealing with it in real time, and I think that is a huge, you know, initiative that we need to work on too is teenagers and younger people and their mental health and taking the stigma off of it and not just sending them back to their room and going, I know, but listen, I don't have time to deal with that today. Don't let's don't be depressed today. Well, you can't turn depression or anxiety on and off. It doesn't work that way. It's not a light switch. And you have to do what works for you. If, if medicine works for you, if therapy works for you, if um, holistic techniques work for you, then investigate them. And just like we were talking about earlier about marriages, stay in your own lane when it comes to someone's mental health because there's not one size fits all. And just because doing yoga worked for you doesn't mean that it's going to cure the person beside you. Have you ever just tried yoga and deep breathing? Yes. And that can be a component of it. But I think I am just so happy to see people in positions of power saying, I've got this. I have this. I'm dealing with this. I am not a huge Elon Musk fan, but I thought it was awesome that he went on Saturday Night Live and said, I am the first host, per, first person to host SNL with Asperger's. Which is not true, by the way. No. Dan Aykroyd was. Ha, uh, yes. I think it was Bill Murray. Uh, anyways. But he said, or that will admit it. And I think, you know, it's, it, that's great. That's great to say that. 
because has it kept him from being successful? He's the richest man in the world, I think. Does it at times because of how Asperger's presents itself? Does it explain some of the things through his life? Absolutely. So I just think the more people who stand up and aren't afraid to say, this is what I'm dealing with and this is what I've been dealing with. Because if you keep it in silence and you suffer in silence, nobody can help you. You know, if you if no one knows that you're just at the bottom of, of the bottom and you're depressed, no one can help you if you're just kind of keeping it all yourself. So I encourage you if you're listening to the podcast and you are dealing with anything, speak it to someone. Call us. Text us. I'm a great listener. I think also that with the pandemic coming to an end, a lot of people are anxious about what's going to happen next with jobs, with going back into the office, school, with telecommuting. And I, I think that um, prior to the coronavirus, there were so many companies, Donna, that would absolutely quabosh working from home. Absolutely not. There's, we can't watch what you're doing. You're going to screw around and our employees are not going to be uh, uh, focused. And the pandemic forced every company nearly every company in the world to quickly adopt a work from home policy. And while there were hiccups and bumps in the beginning for most, everybody got it down for the most part. And I think that businesses and managers would learn that people are a little more productive actually when they're working from home. And, but I think there are also is going to be that, 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 that sell that, that portion of employer workers that are going to have to go back to the job and into the office or to the warehouse or to the shop or wherever it may be. And I think that, that causes a lot of anxiousness as well, not because of coronavirus, but just because you have become so used to working from home and working from home. I, I think you would agree is a little easier. There's no commute. Yeah. You kind of do things on your time. You well, get everything it's easier. done. For some people, it's easier to manage your kids. For some people, it's harder. And I've seen reports where um, studies or reports or whatever where, where people have said I'm much more productive and I actually work much later in the day when I'm working from home. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the pinnacle to all of this was Mother's Day on this past Sunday to see, um, you know, one year ago we took a picture and we're all standing outside my mom's assisted living facility with masks on. And yesterday we went to lunch. My aunt and uncle were here from New Orleans. They've been here the whole weekend. I enjoyed being around people, sitting at a table, hugging, hugging, talking, what's been going on. Um, and even at the event Saturday night, just to see so many friends and neighbors who came up and like, oh my gosh, are you doing well? And again, each person is different. Some people don't do well in social situations. For me, it helps my anxiety. It helps everything I'm going through just to get out every now and then and be around other people, mainly because it's not all about you at that point. Um, and I'll tell you one last thing before we go that's really helped me with anxiety too, and this is going to sound really crazy, but is volunteering. And I haven't been able to do that through the pandemic, but just going, when we were doing like the Meals by Grace program and things like that to go out and help other people so that you're not just sitting in your thoughts and your life. And it's just not all about you. Well said. And a belated happy Mother's Day to all the, yes. the mothers. Recliners from 299, tons of bedding options. Gallery furniture, 1600 Browns Pedro, Gainesville. Askforthewolfman.com is the web address. You can go there and you can search and you can look and you can select. And then you can go to the 16,000 square foot warehouse and showroom in Gainesville. And Donna, ask for Donna, ask for the Wolfman. Uh, Donna and her daughter, Marilyn, and everybody up there, Gallery Furniture can help you select what you're looking for. And um, spend time in the showroom because there's some gems that, that you may find 
off the beaten path here at the warehouse as well. Yeah, and it's spring. It's time to, you know, refresh your house and um, do a few things. I'm, I'm excited. There's a couple of things that I'm like flagging that I need from uh, gallery. So I'm going to make me a little trip. Me and you, will, you and I, I keep saying me and you, you and I will uh, make a trip up there. But if you need anything, don't think that you have to go up there and spend a fortune. I mean, you know, start small. We've talked about this before. Start small. Get an end table. Get a console table. Get a TV table. Get a mattress. And just one refresher will make you feel a little bit better. And somebody was telling me the other day that they're going to go up to gallery, but they have a um, wish list and they're doing one thing every two months. And so I think that's a great way to do it because I get it. If you're listening right now, you may be like, I'd love to go to gallery, but I don't have a lot of money. Start small. It doesn't have to be something big, but just one little thing that refreshes helps a lot sometimes. And as we get back to normal, if you will, that's even uh, a word anymore. And you have young adults that are heading to college this fall, which is not far away at all, whether it's a dorm, whether it's an off-campus apartment. You can, uh, you can find everything that you need at Gallery Furniture. Shop now, pay later. You can also take it home today. 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Askforthewolfman.com. Gallery Furniture. Greg Caton. I uh, introduced you to Greg Caton a couple of podcasts ago. Greg was an intern of the morning show. He played uh, Can't Be Jack on the podcast in Moss. You whooped it. Horribly. But we spoke with Greg about uh, becoming a first-time dad soon. Uh, f- Saturday, Grayson Caton was born. And... Greg uh, Stewie is what I call him and always have since he's been my intern. But Stewie's been sharing pictures with me and Tug, and he's just so excited to be a first-time dad. Um, and 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 Megan, it was a C-section, cesarean? Yes. Took less than five minutes, he said. And he's just so excited. And I, I love to to hear whether we're talking on the phone, hear the excitement, or see the excitement in texts and photographs of so a first-time sweet. dad. I know, and we're ready to babysit. I asked you, I said, did you, because we had, I had C-sections with both our girls, and I said to him, did you tell him not to like. Look behind the curtain. Look behind the literal curtain. I will tell you this story. On the second one with Charlotte, it was such a rush, because we were supposed to go in at 11 o'clock, and he had to do another surgery, and then it was almost like, they were like, let's just get her in. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's get her in here and pop this baby out so we can get back to the other things we're doing. And so I remember telling you, I need you to hit me like pinch me or hit me or something. You're like, what are you talking about? Because I wanted to make sure that like my epidural hadn't worn off. And like I wasn't, you know, they weren't going to start slicing me open. I'm going to feel something. And I'm like, just punch me somewhere in the stomach and the chest, something. You wouldn't do it. I said, well, of course I would do that. And the epidural took, so no worries. We had a conversation last podcast that we promised some resolution uh, in this episode about push presents. And push presents are a thing where the dad, the husband, the boyfriend, the baby's daddy is supposed to buy a gift for mom. Push present meaning she's pushed a baby out of her vagina. Okay. And she's to be rewarded for it with diamonds. Not not necessarily is diamonds. That not it? No, it doesn't have to be diamonds. And it doesn't have to come out of there. It could be a, I had a C section okay. and got a push I present. just wanted to say vagina. Oh. So Carl Appen, our executive producer, mentioned last episode that his father, Ray Appen, who is the matriarch of the Appen Media Group and Appen Podcast Network, created the push present. And we promised to pull Carl into this episode and get down to uh, the get, get, get down to this. So, uh, Carl, let's uh, welcome you to the My Second Act podcast. Thank you for all that you do. And tell us about your dad, Ray. Yes, of course. So I and I, I did a little bit of research. I had to ask them about it for the for the origins. It actually went back even later than myself it was for uh for hans was the first your older brother yep so a little bit of backstory my parents were in um st louis and my dad had just the whole family had just moved there for a really big job that my dad had um and my mom was eight months pregnant and they had just moved and my dad as soon as he started working there there was this big corporate buyout everybody lost their jobs it was this whole big thing 
And so my dad got in the car and drove from St. Louis to Alpharetta, left my parent, you know, left my mom and, and, you know, it, as eight months pregnant and said, came to Alpharetta, found this paper, bought it. And then my mom came out and my mom, you know, she was, was already there. And, uh, the, the idea was because of her having to move by herself from St. Louis to Alpharetta while eight months pregnant and then have this baby, she got some, uh, diamond earrings. Christina, Christina is uh, she's a saint driving a U-Haul. Yep, from St. Louis to Alfred, Eight Georgia. Months pregnant. Eight months pregnant. Yep. What if her water so, had broken? She'd had Hans like on the on the way from St. Louis to Alfred. So Ray decides to gift Christina mm-hmm. in her vagina. Yep. So so she got these diamond earrings, and then my sister uh, did not. There was no push no no push present for Amelia, and then it was sort of formalized when Amelia had. Uh, used to like play with earrings and lost one and th- this is my uh, sister who's a little bit younger than Hans so fast forward to when I was born um, I was nine pounds ten ounces good lord and she my mom had already lost one of the earrings and so the idea was we're going to replace this earring and you have a nine pound ten ounce baby you're going to get some big some big studs I w- yeah I would think so so by this point it's you know early 90s and I'm thinking push presents are more mainstream but I do not think that push presents existed before the 89 arrival uh, arrival of St. Louis and Hans and Hans I love that she should have gotten a nine pound diamond so she said and uh I asked her about it and she goes the bigger the baby the bigger the diamonds Yes, that you, is true. You were nine pounds, ten ounces. Does that say enough? There we go. <laughs> I love Christina. <laughs> God bless this woman. She's driving a U-Haul. She's having mm-hmm. a nine-pound baby. She's moving. Yep. She just moved, and then she's moving back to Alfred. Yep. Oh my gosh. She said, um, uh, "When you arrived, when you arrived that large, he knew he had to up the ante." So when he picked me up at the hospital to bring you home, he had some diamond studs, but you were worth the push without them. Oh, little baby Carl. <laughs> Love that. There you have it. Yeah. Well, we're thankful and grateful for your family, everybody in it, yes. for their support of uh, I'm all thankful. of our- I'm thankful you got pushed out. All of our projects, <laughs> like the Encore Concert Series and the podcast, and uh, we enjoyed seeing Hans and uh, uh, his wife and, and, and Carl. and um, There's two Christinas. Chelsea. You know Chandler, was, sorry, what, Saturday night at the Encore series. You know what I'm thinking I call about? Her cheeks, cheeks, um, and her sister. Do you know what I'm thinking about? Is maybe we should start a new thing where, like, okay, you've got the push present, and then you have the like something like a grad present. Like once you get them to the point where they're graduating, you get another thing. All right. You know what I mean? Because that is a lot to get them from vagina to stage. That's some convenient timing. Yes, it is. Isn't it? <laughs> Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network.